Hi, Corey. It's great to talk with you. And, and it's a subject which is incredibly timely and important, civil military relations, which certainly is something I think about all the time when I read, for example, that President Trump seems to have exposed so many members of his staff to COVID that the Joint Chiefs are quarantining, which, you know, I don't know what the impact of that is on national security, but it certainly can't be good. I mean, what's, do you do you have a takeaway in terms of what is the impact of this administration on civil military relations? I think the Trump administration has been extraordinarily damaging to civil military relations. The president giving campaign speeches in front of military audiences, the 4th of July parades, the desire to have tanks rolling through American streets, uh, the temptation barely stayed to invoke the Insurrection Act, that terrible, uh, that terrible march through Lafayette Square with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in a battle uniform during the at Black Lives Matter protests, the desire to denigrate the military chain of command, either by saying that the generals always want war or by reaching into the military chain of command to pardon convicted war criminals. It all looks like he's trying to create a personal relationship with the troops and associate, but, and associate the military with um, his policies in a way that is terrible for the American military's relationship with the American public. Well, I certainly agree with all that. I think that's a great summary. The question is, you know, has the military handled this well? What what uh, should they have been doing? What can they do now? I mean, certainly uh, the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, and uh, General Milley, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, have come under criticism for not doing more to stand up to the president. And they were sort of shamed into opposing the, the deployment of troops after their walk uh, through Lafayette Park with the president uh, after the protesters were routed. But it still seems like they are, you know, trying to duck and cover instead of speak up forcefully against the commander in chief, which to some extent, I guess, is understandable because he is the guy that can fire them, right? Well, but... Really, if you're worried about getting fired when you have four stars on your shoulder, you have forgotten who your constituency is. It's not you. It's not the president of the United States. It's the young men and women in harm's way and potentially in harm's way. And it's the American public who's trusting your judgment uh, to give your best military advice. So I reject the notion that that senior military officers ought to in any way uh, shade their behavior or their advice in order to be, to, in order not to get fired. But um, I've, I have a slightly different view where the Secretary of Defense is concerned because he's a politician. He is a member of the president's cabinet. He's a presidential loyalist. It's his job to navigate between the department and the president's interests. But General Milley, and I think this was particularly true during the Lafayette Square incident, every other military leader was faster to the right answer on that than General Milley was. And while I have a certain amount of sympathy that we don't want our military to be politicians, 
um, that was an extraordinarily clumsy letting himself be played into a political box that after a few years as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he should have known better than to have done. But I think his apology, the video, if folks haven't seen it, I really encourage them to. The video, I think, served to reinforce the norms of civil military relations, the abject apology, the desire to make clear and bright the line of appropriate military behavior and to stay on the proper side of it. I think you're right. I think that General Milley ultimately did the right thing, and I hope he will continue to do the right thing if President Trump tries to misuse the military to affect the election outcome. But now here's the question for you. What about the former generals? What about Jim Mattis? What about H.R. McMaster? What about John Kelly? And they've already said some pretty critical things about President Trump, but should they go further and join all of the other uh, retired generals and, and national security veterans who have endorsed Joe Biden? Well, I personally wish they would. I think people who served in the Trump administration out of a sense of patriotism or national obligation, rather than because they supported the president's agenda, are particularly credible witnesses to the damage President Trump is doing to American national security. But I also worry that we shouldn't expect uh, veterans to shoulder the burden of saving the republic for us, <laughs> that all of us have that responsibility and all of us need to do what needs doing to protect democracy in America. And we shouldn't stand back passively and wait for veterans or the active duty military to do it for us. I agree with you, although I too wish that they would speak out. Well, I think that concludes our, our six minutes. Thank you.